Blog Talk Radio. Davis, the former West Indies fast bowler. Hello, Winston. How are you? Hi, Andrew. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm fine. Thank you. Right, right. And in good voice, uh, how have you been reacting to COVID-19? Um, like most people, trying to stay safe and healthy. And, and, and we, have been, we have managed it with that. Right, 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 indeed. Uh, are you still staying very much in touch with the cricket, Winston? Yeah, um, I watch it on TV. I visit certain cricket grounds during the season. Within reason, because you know this is by changing circumstances, so one has to be wise as well as enjoy oneself, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And are you in constant contact with your family back in St. Vincent and the Grenadines? Yeah, yeah, my family back out there and I have family in England as well, so yeah, we keep in touch and have family over in the United States and Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I no doubt looking forward to the West Indies team. Uh, my understanding is that the site is going to be uh, that squad in England uh, come Monday. Looking forward to seeing the West Indies guys. I am a little bit disappointed at the conditions under which they're going to be playing, but I, I understand the reasoning. But I, I was hoping that at least they might have been able to get some spectators in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so do, do you think the circumstances that they're going to be going in will more or less devalue the cricket? I, I wouldn't say it can devalue the cricket. I just think that you know, you when you have spectators, you know, people come to the games, mm-hmm. it adds to the atmosphere, and sometimes it gives you a spur. Mm-hmm. Yes, it does, indeed. Uh, so so you, you do, in fact, support the West Indies team uh, going to England because there's some former cricketers who got their doubts. You support the side going to England? Uh, of course. Uh, look, we we got to make over some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me put it this way. I'm for one, I don't believe all the information they're giving about this, what I call an evil disease. An evil disease? Why do you say that? Yeah. Well, it, it has nothing good about it to recommend it. So <laughs> yeah, that's if true. it's not good, it's evil. So. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, there's about 7 billion people on the planet and, you know, they, they're all not dying from this evil disease. So life's got to go on in some sort of form, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I see. Dr. Ford, any questions for Winston? Mm, hi, good. good evening, Mr. Davis. It's great to hear you. Hi, Dr. You're Ford. A very strong voice and, and you're, you sound as though you're in, you're in great spirit. How are things going for you living in the UK as compared to being back in the West Indies? Well, uh, since the accident happened in 97, and then I was flown to the United States where most of the major work was done to repair my body. And then I came across to the UK to finish my rehab and been living here ever since. Um, look, there are pluses and minus, but it's far better for me health-wise to be living here in the United Kingdom. 
um, as a consequence of the accident, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess better facilities and and the healthcare system that's a bit more robust than and in the Caribbean and and you know being able to to make you live up to your full potential.
And my recollection is I was chopping the branch and I remember hearing the branch begin to break and we expect it to fall to the ground and everybody happy with it. But unknown to us, the branch was entangled with another branch above our head. It's, and when the one we were cutting broke and fell to the ground, it ripped another branch from above out of the trunk of the tree and brought that crashing down on the back of my head. And that drove me to the ground. And from that instant, I was paralyzed. Oh, no. Oh, no. And it's something as freakish like that. You, you, you just couldn't imagine something like that. Okay, so um, the guys came and they uh, started to, I couldn't move and they rushed me to the hospital and then I think about a week later I was air ambulance up to the United States where I spent five months receiving treatment at the St. Mary Trauma Center in West Palm Beach. And after five months I was flown over to England to finish my rehab up at the Robert Jones in Agnesson Orthopedic Hospital up in Goboid. And I spent another 10 months there. So in all total, I was in hospital over 15 months oh, before being discharged time. back into the community. Mm. Uh, and who are the, the individuals you'd like to thank for, for making it possible for you to get all that medical care for 15 months because we know it wouldn't have been mm -hmm. an inexpensive uh, undertaking to get that type of care. Boy, you're quite right. To be up to today, I, I mean, I don't, a lot of things have not been told to me. I know the West Indies Cricket Board made some input. I know people in St. Vincent, um, they formed a Winston Davis fund and they contributed. Um, family and friends, um, the United States of America, even, when I say even, the medical staff, I mean, some of those folks have even probably heard about cricket. And I, I receive excellent treatment. So all in all, you know, but you know, above all, Dr. Ford, my greatest thanks goes to my creator. With all the help people gave to me without his help, I wouldn't have been here talking to you today. So, so I thank everybody, you know, with a whole heart for everything they've done, but I have to be remind them and remind myself that without God, the creator, we, we, I wouldn't be here. So, and of course, Vincent, this would have changed your life dramatically. I mean, this is a sad story. It, you know, it has. But, you know, Andrew, look, everybody, one thing I've come to appreciate, everybody in life has something they are dealing with. It may not be as radical as, as I have, but uh, you've you got two choices in life. You could either be negative or positive. And I have to say that while living this life, while being, you know, paralyzed from the neck down and using a wheelchair, 
relying on living care, all the things that go with having a paralyzed body, I still enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, there are days when it's hard, mm-hmm. but I've, I've been blessed with some wonderful carers, and that's probably half of the battle. Good carers make your life a lot easier. They, they're there to help you do the things you would normally have done for yourself. But you can't and you need help. And once you're willing to accept that help with a good conscience, it, it's not as bad as, you know, some people might fear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Um, any family? No, 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 oh dear, oh no. I've been back, you know, I've been back to the Caribbean three times since the accident. Three times, okay. Mm-hmm. Three times, I've been to the United States three times. Mm-hmm. And my friend, okay. them invited me up to Scotland, and I flew up there. No, look, there's a lot of equipment, and like I say, support. England has got a, a well-oiled system to help people like me live mm-hmm. a relatively independent life in the community. I mean, this afternoon, around lunchtime, yeah, I went for, I always tell folks I'm going for a walk. I use an electric wheelchair, and I went for a walk around the, uh, what do you call it, the estate that I live on. Mm-hmm. So my friends had to stop me, stop they have a chat, and I came. So, look, it's not as bad as, as it, it might appear. It is difficult, it's challenging, but there's a life that you can live and enjoy. Well, you did say you've been back to, to the West Indies on, on three occasions. We know of our economic limitations, but what are some of the things you believe we need to put in place to assist the disabled in, in the Caribbean? to make life as easy as you as you mentioned it is in the UK? A lot, a lot of things has to do with, you know, if you think about housing, you got to have the right, um, I use a overhead hoist to get me in and out of bed. I think equipment, the, the availability of more probably equipment that can help the care, take the load off the carers. I think more information with regard to how somebody like me using a wheelchair can still have a good quality of life. When, when I came out of hospital, I was determined, well, let me put it this way. A young lady who was in the hospital with me mm-hmm. said to me, Winston, when you go out, don't sit in the living room looking out the window, otherwise you'll be dead in five years. I took her advice and I got involved with disability groups up here, which took me, you know, wide and far in advocating on behalf of people with disability, and and, and that helps. So I think it's it's really the nitty gritty. Somebody like me don't need sympathy. All we need is some a way to make things easier for us to live in a community that's not designed for somebody like me. For example, when I go home to St. Vincent, hmm. 
you know, in the United Kingdom, I got a vehicle. It sits out there on my drive, and I can, you know, be in the, I can just get in it and go where I want to go. And when I go home to St. Vincent, it's, uh, it's not that easy. I don't have my own vehicle, and vehicles are not that easy to come by. And it's nobody's fault, it's just the way things are. So, you know, and it makes such a big difference to me that I can go shopping, I can go watch sport in in London. I live in the Midlands. It's three and a half hours to London in a car, you know, three and a half hours back. So you you need a reliable vehicle. So it's, it's those little things that, well, I say little things. These adapted vehicles are not cheap. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that can make somebody's, you know, like me, life a bit more mm-hmm. easier. Um, was there any family members up there with you in England? Yeah, my wife is up there, remember? Back in 1990, mm-hmm. I got married to an English lady. Right, right. So, yeah, she's up here. My daughter is up here. We have a 28-year-old daughter, Jessica. She's here. Um, and my wife's family is here. Um, my, I have some other children in St. Vincent. They're big men now. They, they're making, making me a grandpapa. Okay. I have a son living in the United States. And, yeah, so, like I say, my brother living in the United States, uh, Canada. I have a sister in Canada, and I have a sister living in St. Vincent. Mm. My elder, one of my older brothers, Kenrick Whittle Davis, he's known as the walking pacer, an umpire down there, sir. And Roger Davis, I think, is involved in the St. Vincent Grenadines Cricket Association. So, yeah, yeah I, you know, I, my mom passed away in 2009. And that was the last time I went home. I went home for the funeral. Went home for the funeral. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been back there since 2009. Vincent, how, how's, how's your wife and, and daughter taking it? Boy, that was one of the, how could I put it, missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because I was the one who was injured, the focus was on Winston. My daughter was only five, so... She's always grew up seeing her dad, you know, using a wheelchair. So, but my wife, she was really affected, but it went unnoticed. Anyway, yeah, she she's bounced back. She's still working. She worked with the bank up here. So she she had, she had some problems with dealing with stress, having to look. to Bridgestone Barbados. Why no Kima Roach? That was a little bit surprising. Didn't hear of any injuries to Kima Roach, and one would have thought that he would have been an obvious selection. The other thing, too, is that the construct of the side um, is there a need to play three spinners, I suppose, because of the fact that they expect the pitch to take spin. This is why they've been influenced to go with three spinners. And that, of course, is another question. Well, we've got uh, the experts to discuss that and other things. Johnny Grave, the CEO, is already on the line. He's got several things to report. But before we speak to Johnny, let's go to former West Indies fast bowler, Richard Prof. Edwards. Richard, good evening to you. How are you? 
I'm fine, man, uh, Andrew. Thanks. I'm good. Good. Okay. Your reaction to the first day's play, the West Indies, 224 for nine, in pursuit of 386 made by Sri Lanka? Yeah, always going to be a bit of a struggle on the pitch, that staking turn of the Sri Lankans with their slow bowlers. And useful pace as well in Shamara. Uh, um, he's a, a useful fellow. He's not going to make you lose any sleep, but he's good enough to keep you honest and lack mouth, not giving away anything at all. So a good bowling attack, and they always knew it was going to be a bit of a struggle to score on those slow pitches that take turns. Mm. I know you, you may not want to look into your crystal ball, but you think we can save it? Well, it depends. I mean, you're going to be, what, 100 or how much you are behind or that? 160. Yes, 162. Yeah. 100, yeah, behind. It's a lot of runs. Mm-hmm. Even if you, you they lead by 150, it's still a big lead, and uh, and then come and make another 225. It's going to be very, very difficult to 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 to, um, to save the match from here. I would think. Mm-hmm. And in terms of the construct of the West Indies side, no Roach. Did that surprise you, Prof? Very, very much. I mean, he's the number one bowler. The, Obviously, they figure that they're not going to get a lot of help from the pitch, which you don't. But he is our number one strike bowler, and uh, to not to play him is very strange. Uh, I, I, had, I figured he must be injured, but mm. that's why he's not playing. Well, um, the reports are that he's not. They decided to go with Gabriel Holder uh, in the attack, and, of course, uh, Kyle Mears to bowl a bit of medium pace, and they went with three spinners. Were you surprised by that combination, Prof? Yeah, slightly, I would say so. I mean, the um, chase is always useful, but um, he's not. It's very unlikely that he's going to get five for thirty-five. You want one of your top spinners on pitches that's going to take turn to get a you know, five for under fifty, say, to, to make a big impact. Mm-hmm. He's bowl well, but uh, he's not going to going to run through, run through a side like say like Kidswood or or any of the fast spinners like that. But he's useful mm-hmm. from our bowling. Um, um, what is his name? Working. And Cornwall? Yeah, yeah, not Cornwall. The other left arm. Oh, Warkin. Jamal Warkin. Warkin. Bowling. Bowling. Usefully. And so on. But again, yes, basically orthodox bowler. He's not going to get no. six to five or anything like that. Anything to bowl over side. He's going to be a good honest player. But again, I don't think. I think 386 was what he was probably likely to get from a Sri Lankan side. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prof, um, just before you go, in relation to the decision to put Blackwood to open the batting, well, you know that um, the, the uh, young man um, in his first test match, Susanna, really, really got you know the, an injury. In fact, it's out of the game, uh, a, a nasty blow. Um, you struck at forward short leg. Were you surprised that they chose Blackwood to, to open with Brathwaite? I would say so. I think so. I, the only thing that. I- I was wondering if because they were figuring that he might highly pace better than slow, mm. slow, slow bowlers that they, they sent him up the order to open. Yeah, I, I, but you will have to. think Hope should bat in this team. Uh, Roger Harper, the lead selector, said the experiment of having him bat at the top is all over. Um, where should Hope bat in the side? Oh, but if you're going to play Hope as a bat, then you play. you got a bat in the outside, but they no lower than four. No lower than four. Mm. Yeah, I mm. think he should be buying about four. Mm. And, and Kyle Mears? Where would you bat Kyle? Well, you don't have the, the full thing you're looking at it here, but right. bat them about between five, five, five and six. Yeah. Five right. or six. Because mm. he's going to play short. 
Yes. And it's, and it's, and it's like to play get on the uh, attacking mode. And if, he, if he had some room and, and can get on the back foot and pull mm-hmm. away the ball or cut it away, mm-hmm. he'll play positively. And he's going to give you a few runs in between. He's, a, he's not tight, a tight, tight player on pitches that's going to turn. It's going to mm-hmm. be difficult. But he will, he will attack the bowlers if they bowl anything. He'll not go around. Mm-hmm. Final question to you, Prof. You've got the, the English coming. I understand that in February, early February, Barbados will be playing the first three rounds of the first class competition. Uh, can you confirm this? Um, I understand that there, there, that's, that's the case. I'm not too sure. I think actually, having a meeting tomorrow to discuss mm. and look at the, uh, the pictures and so on. Mm, I see. All right, well, Prof, enjoy the rest of your evening and stand, stay safe, huh? Thank you. All right. All the best. There you have it, Richard Prof Edwards, the former West Indies. Uh, fast bowler, of course, curator, and he offered his thoughts. Uh, interesting situation there developing in the test match between the West Indies and Sri Lanka. We're now joined by the CEO of Cricket West Indies, Mr. Johnny Grave, just back from uh, an ICC meeting. And, of course, uh, we want to welcome you. How, how are you, Johnny? Looking as young as ever there in Antigua. I'm all right, thank you, Andrew. How are you? How are I'm you okay. Right. You're a good friend, Dr. Ford, yes. Um, before we talk about the, the ICC uh, meeting and, of course, anything you can report to us, uh, the Pakistan uh, tour, um, I, I'm hearing that uh, the tour is possibly in trouble. Is there any truth in that, um, Johnny? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. Yeah. The women have just toured there successfully, won all three mm-hmm. games as part of our preparation plans for those very important qualifiers mm. um, that are going to take place in... Um, Mm-hmm. In Harare, uh, obviously winning our first game today, which was which was great against Ireland. Um, mm-hmm. No, I mean I spoke to um, our security consultant 24 hours ago, um, and um, yeah, everything's moving ahead as planned. We got a meeting with the players later this week mm-hmm. um, to go through both the medical uh, and security plans. And mm-hmm. um, no, I've not heard anything. So, so, so what I've just said, I, you should throw that to the window. Then somebody, you know, I just like a fly on the wall. I, I heard that. Um, you, you, there are some concerns. Are there any concerns at all about the Pakistan tour? Concerns in terms of the Pakistan cricket board's ability to host us. Concerns with us going. I, and, I and any concerns? Any concerns at all that you want to share with us? No. Not, not that I'm aware of. No. Oh no. Okay. Fair enough. Well, well, I, I was told that um, there were some challenges. Um, uh, the, the, the major players, the top players, are they going? Because I note with interest that they. Um, the team has not been announced. It's been selected, I understand, um, but uh, no announcement. Are you expecting so the major players we're to go? The, we're announcing the, uh, the squads for both the one-day international matches and the T20 internationals in between the two test matches. We don't mm. tend to announce squads during games. So, um, yeah, we're announcing those in between the two. Mm. Is the West Indies white ball captain available? Is the West Indies white ball captain available? Mm. Uh, yes, he is. He is. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know, uh, people tell me things, so Johnny, so therefore I'm, I'm asking you, all right, because I, I'm hearing that, um, you know, one or two uh, players uh, have been selected ODI, which I'll talk about it a bit later on. All right, so um, no, no major concerns in relation to Pakistan, no challenges, and the West Indies white ball captain, uh, Kieran Pollard, is available to tour Pakistan. You're, you're going to confirm this. 
Andrew, I, I can't, I don't know what you've heard. I don't know what you're saying. As far as I'm concerned, the Pakistan tour is on. Mm. Uh, it's, it's, uh, we've had uh, the security reports in. We've had confirmation of the security mm. plan from the PCP. Right. Uh, the, the team will get the same presidential style um, security, the highest level of security um, provisions that, that any team can get um, mm -hmm. when touring. Uh, the women have just been there successfully in Karachi. Uh, the flights are booked. Uh, the mm -hmm. squads um, will be announced in uh, a few days' time right. in between the two test matches. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm, I don't know where you're going or what you've heard, but mm -hmm. from where I sit, um, you know, the board of directors have approved the tour. Right. Um, many of the players toured there in 2018. Mm -hmm. um, many players have played in Pakistan, in the Pakistan Super League. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I... I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're okay, hearing. Okay, fair enough. Well, let's, let's, let's move on then. Let, let, let's move on. Dr. Ford, any, any questions in this, in this regard before we move on? Anything you want no, to say? I, I, I'm not privy to the, the Pakistan um, possible issues they may have okay. mentioned. But, but I did learn something last week. I, I, Johnny, I, I was told last week that the show is a bit too negative. What are your views on that? This show? The Mason and Guest yeah. Show, yes. Um, I didn't listen to last week's show. Mm. Apologies. I was in the air somewhere between <laughs> yeah, I Dubai and London on my way home. I don't set Andrew's homework. Uh, he always has interesting <laughs> homework that he's done. Um, he's done some homework on Pakistan that is completely news to me. Mm. Um, and I've given you my honest appraisal of the situation. Mm. Um, but look, you know, it's... Um, you know, the media are there to, to, to hold administrators like myself to account. And mm. um, that, that's part of the job that I do, part of the, uh, the role that I do. And, and this show is an important forum in, in terms of my perspective um, for us to get important news to our fans and to explain the decisions and explain the challenges that we face. So, um, mm. you know, I, I, I don't set Andrew's homework and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take any short balls from you, Dr. Ford, that you, that you wish to give me. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my, my honest uh, appraisal and opinion based on the facts and the world that, that I see. Um, but in terms of this Pakistan tour, it's... Um, it's, it's uh, okay, I, well, well, fine. I just heard that, and me, so I thought it would share it with you. I'm not saying that it is off. I'm, you know, I'm just basically telling you what I heard. But just before you, you continue with that, Dr. Ford, uh, last week on the show... Vice President Shallow took Dr. Ford to task. He said he was absolutely negative, and in fact, I had to partly to them. Have you heard anything about that, um, Johnny? No one said anything no, to he you? Was he, he was in the air. He was in the air? He was in the air, and he didn't, didn't listen to the show. But, but Johnny, uh, I, I, I must commend you for being one of the more astute members of the, mm. of the hierarchy PWI, and, and what you do say does always seem to be logical and based on, on some foundation and principle. The, the job of individuals on shows like ours, we, we get feedback from the fans. We also are aware of things that, that happen in the cricket. We are watching. We are aware of successes and failures. And even though we can mention the successes, as you would expect, when things aren't perfect, of course, there will be issues that need to be detected. And I, I do commend you for being uh, someone who's able to appreciate that, even if it's not appreciated 
by others. But I will move on to to ask you, Johnny, with the we we made we had a lot of broadcast right deals made recently and uh, that we've been proud of and looking at some of the revenue that would be gained. How do you assess the the success of those rights? when you look at the ability of the average fan to view some of the cricket that's being played by the West Indies, especially when we're abroad? Well, when we're abroad, one of the challenges that we have is that um, you know, we're not in control of those, those rights. Um, and I've been regularly saying that I think that being a, a West Indies fan in particular is, is, is very, very difficult. The deals that our opposition members will do for this market in particular which is a very very small market um with, with traditionally very small amounts of, of money to be to be earned tends to be the last on the list the last on the uh, the list of rights in which you'll sell so our fans often know very late in the day where uh, matches will be um, available what platform and we'll probably need multiple subscriptions in order to watch West Indies home and away across our men's and women's side, including ICC events. So it's, um, it's a massive challenge. And um, I, I certainly am a big a fan of uh, world cricket getting its act together to, to revisit that and uh, potentially pooling rights, mm. um, potentially trying to um, work together more collaboratively because ultimately, you know, if, if fans want to watch and follow their team, they want to watch them home and away. Uh, but obviously having no control over that away content and how it's viewed here in the Caribbean is a challenge. Um, but it's the current model that, that we work under and, you know, hopefully as, as the global TV market, um, you know, continues to sort of um, evolve, um, there, may, there may well be through uh, acquisition of rights, uh, it might become easier for the fans, but it's certainly not something that that we can directly control, and you know, mm-hmm. I, I think it is unfortunate, not just for us, but for all fans around the world. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there's a large cross-section of fans who may still have an interest in the in the game, and and they're unable to follow things uh, or fortunes away, and it it is it does hinder the goodwill and and the other things that we want to foster even though things may not be going the way that we'd like. I mean, that's, that's a big consideration. So I hope that, that going forward, maybe somewhere in the negotiations, we can try to secure either that way or through sponsorship, some, some way that, that we can ensure individuals can, can watch the match easily without having to, to be experts on the Internet. Um, on the good news side, uh, we, you did mention the hosting of, the co-hosting of the 2024 uh, World Cup, I think it is. Is that correct? And um, with the USA, um, we're in a COVID environment. All of the governments have spent lots of revenue on COVID. Deficits are piling up. Uh, I do know that the ability to host or co-host such a, a world event does require some buy-in from the government. And also, there will be some part that CWI would have to play along with um, maybe the U.S. Um, what are the any financial concerns uh, as it relates to the government, the input of government, or CWI for for that tournament? No, look, I think it's um, you know, it's one of the better bits of news we've had for for quite some time to be able to host the men's flagship um, 
ICC event in the next cycle and, and more importantly the first one in the cycle is is massive news for us um, it really is we didn't host any of the men's events in the last cycle 2015 to 2023 when it ends uh, we did get the women's world T20 in 2018 and the under 19 cricket world cup that we're very busy planning the final few touches to that tournament that starts in January but not to have a men's flagship event in the region since 2010 is has not been good for us either financially nor for our fans um, nor for the region as a whole um, and the 2024 men's T20 World Cup with it, which is going to be a 20 team event um, mm. uh, happening in June a period of the, the, the year when many of the, the countries would be crying out for tourism um, as we enter that sort of the, the early part of the hurricane season so for us um, it will be massive. Um, we've got 10 fully accredited stadiums in the region, so I don't think there's a massive need for uh, any more or any significant investment in those stadiums other than the, the ongoing improvements and upkeep and maintenance. But again, uh, this tournament presents an opportunity for those, to, those venues to host more international cricket. Um, so I think it, it, it represents a massive opportunity for Cricket West Indies. It represents a fantastic opportunity for the region uh, you know, I, I hope and pray that we're not having to deal with COVID or any new challenges um, from that perspective in June 2024. And therefore, you know, it will be, you know, a, a massive boost to the, the entire region. Um, and that's my hope. Mm. And clearly, mm. what it also represents is a demonstration of the work that we've been doing behind the scenes with our, with our counterparts in USA cricket. And this is a major, major part of the strategy we've had in place with them. You know, we've hosted USA in our Super 50 Cup um, for the last few years. We've hosted them in, uh, in youth tournaments and events in the men's and, and women's um, game. Uh, we just hosted the ICC Americas tournament for the next year's T20 World Cup, their qualifying event here in Antigua. And this is all part of mm. trying to help support cricket in this time zone. Um, and I think for USA, you know, we hope that when the... ICC announced the hosting uh, applications and invitations for the women's events and, and under-19s in the next cycle will be successful in, in attracting at least one or two of those to the region so that it won't just be 2024, we'll be able to host a, a youth or women's event um, shortly after that. And that's all part of what we hope will be a longer-term vision to get cricket into the Olympic Games in Los Angeles in 2028. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's massive news for us and, and will be a financial boost to Cricket West Indies uh, as well as the whole region. Um, just, just before we ask another question, Doctor, we're going to take a, a commercial break and come back. Of course, a little bit later on, we're going to open the lines because we want to spend some time as well looking at the, the test match that is ongoing, West Indies versus Sri Lanka. But of course, Mason and Guest is brought to an association for the right Yes, you're listening to Mason and Guest. We, you're tuned to the Cricket Show, and we are pleased to present you to the Mason and Guest, which is brought to you compliments of the Cricket Show each and every Thursday. Um, we trust that you may enjoy the broadcast. We're a little choppy, but it, of course, you can enjoy it all. We've got CEO of Cricket West Indies, Johnny Grave, just been joined by former West Indies opening batsman Philo Wallace. Earlier we heard from Richard Prof. Edwards, and a little bit later on, 
we hope to go around the Caribbean to get some, some reaction to the West Indies uh, Sri Lanka game. Yes, yes, Doc. Oh, okay. Uh, Johnny, have, have, has it been decided uh, how the World Cup will be split up? Will, will the West Indies and USA do preliminaries and then uh, who's going to get the final or is it still to be determined? Uh, it's still to be determined, but the current thinking and plan is that from a US perspective, we'll start on the West Coast uh, and move uh, sort of the matches down through through um, Dallas and Texas into into ultimately um, Florida. Uh, and from a West Indies perspective, we're looking at hosting about two thirds of the matches in the Caribbean. So um, there'll be there'll be lots of cricket here, um, probably with you know Florida and, and Jamaica, which are obviously only an hour away, uh, maybe hosting one of the group stages. Um, so there might be a, a group hosted across the Caribbean and the US, um, as well as um, groups. Uh, anchored into the U.S. and groups anchored into the um, into the Caribbean. But broadly speaking, there'll be two thirds of the matches in the Caribbean mm. and one third mm. in the U.S. And, and with Bob, so just just just, just before, no, 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 hold, hold your thoughts, um, Doc. In, in terms of the finals, um, would Barbados host the finals? Or that's too early to say. Yeah, we'll, we'll go through a similar process we have done for the England tour, so we'll invite, and for the Under-19 Cricket World Cup is happening in January, so we'll invite uh, invitations to, to, to bid to host matches to all the Caribbean governments that have internationally accredited stadiums, um, and then, uh, yeah, run that process. But there will be, mm. uh, I'd, I'd like to think that this, this event will, mm. will, will um, visit a number of our Caribbean countries. It will, I'm sure it will be competitive, but you're probably hoping that at least six countries would be uh, able to host. Okay. Y- yes, Doc. Yeah. In, in 2018, the CPL had gone to the U.S. for a little bit. Uh, in 2019, they had announced that they would move from, from that model, uh, citing revenue and, and ticket sales somehow. Um, what, are there any concerns about, about the fan base that will be there, or do you think that being a world event that can override mm. uh, the experience of I think the whole event, you know, June 2024, we're looking at it as, you know, the Caribbean and, and the USA um, will be opening their, their doors to the world to come and watch cricket. Uh, we obviously say regularly that there's no better place to watch or play cricket than the Caribbean, and we hope that the world will come here um, in their masses to, to, to enjoy and celebrate the game. We want the mm. matches to have that. Caribbean carnival flavor to them, but also, you know, the best of American sports entertainment for the U.S. games. Uh, there are 35 million U.S. Um, cricket fans um, based on current um, research by USA Cricket and the ITC. So it's, there's a significant number of fans already mm-hmm. there. Clearly, the matches that we took, uh, West Indies v. India to, to Florida most recently in 2019, you know, we sold out, I think, over 10,000 tickets a, a day at 170 US dollars a ticket in about three days. So we've seen um, a massive appetite in the US, particularly for uh, when West Indies are playing those Indian subcontinent teams. And um, yeah, I think by 2024, we hope to have unlocked even more fans and the diaspora to, uh, to be able to put on uh, you know, what we think will be a, you know, a, an amazing event for cricket fans around the world. And the question which uh, gave some difficulty last week was, um, Basically, in view of the results from the 20, from the recently held T20 World Cup, 
and having a retreat recently, are there any initiatives or plans that you're aware of that could be put into place to improve the fortunes of the CWI and the team, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, look, every day we're looking to improve the system and, and make refinements to what we're doing. Clearly, COVID's had a massive disruption in the last 18 months, but uh, we're hoping that 2022 will become a more, well, should we say, normal year in terms of our cricket programs and structures, and that we can we can get a number of initiatives fast-tracked um, in terms of getting them back on track. Um, but yeah, coming out of the review of the World Cup, there will be a number of things that, that we do differently, but also... Um, you know, even keener focus on th- some of the things that we've started, but not necessarily um, being able to get the results from yet because it's still very early days. But we're, we're constantly re- reviewing the system, trying to make improvements. Um, obviously, still being very cognizant of the fact that we're still in a global pandemic and things are extremely difficult, both in terms of logistics and, and managing costs. And, you know, with, with your vast experience and also being uh, a sports fan and, you know, reflecting on, on American sports, football, baseball, basketball, the, the British uh, Premier League, um, would you say that it's a general thing that if a professional team is doing badly over a protracted period of two years or more, that there'd be changes in structure, management, and other changes uh, at the top? that relate to that, that team? I think it depends on the sport. Of clearly in the Premier League, um, you know, uh, a football manager's life is um, <laughs> yeah, pretty um, uncertain. Uh, correct. Uh, you know, talking to an Arsenal fan who had uh, the great Arsene Wenger at the helm for a number of years, you know, mm. um, you know it, it's, it's different. There are different models, there are different owners, um, and there are different challenges. So, Look, I think you can change people, but ultimately you've got to change the system. And, and changing people we've seen in football can have some short-term games. And then, you know, in six months, 12 months, two years' time, it, it can present the same challenges. So, um, look, I think uh, the changes that, that we're certainly working on and very focused on are, are more about changing and improving the system um, and learning from the the recent experiences of how we can do stuff differently in our planning and strategy rather than necessarily looking just to cut a load of people out of the system and replace them. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, We got Philo Wallace very much with us as well. We've just been joined by Ian Bradshaw. Uh, Philo, if we can just turn our attention quickly to the the match uh, in progress. 224 for nine West Indies in response to Sri Lanka's 386. Your thoughts, Philo? All right, good evening, and I do Dr. Ford. Good evening, Ian. Johnny, it's so nice to see you. Mm. And it's good to hear you talk about changing the system. <laughs> and I hope that when that document is presented, that, uh, that the system does change because we need a change. Andrew, I'd just like to say good evening to your many listeners. And uh, obviously, West Indies cricket is, is topical and, uh, and very colorful. We're in mm. Sri Lanka at the moment. Uh, I just want to say belated birthday, greetings to my friend Sherlock Hart. Oh, that's our best. The Santa continue to do that. Mm. Yeah, he's about fifty. I, he's fifty something. Mm. I can't do fifty one. Mm. But, but he's growing up. Like he's, all been, of us he, he, he's been in the fifties uh, for a long time, though, Philo. <laughs> yeah, but some people don't reach fifty at all. <laughs> that's very true, man. <laughs> that's true, Philo. Yes, yes. I think, uh, yeah. 
I was quite intrigued and started a test at series and I, I was quite bummed by the flight of Funny Eleven because I, I don't know, I, I wonder if Kemar Roach is fit or he has diarrhea. Mm. Uh, you know, Jaden Steele. You know, these are two guys who have bowled with Bull Welford in the last test series, but yet we went in with Shannon Gabriel, mm. who is not against Pakistan, or who pulled through the series against Pakistan. So that selection kind of uh, uh, baffled me. And obviously, unfortunate for Jeremy Salazano, who got that concussion, and we mm. had to slot back with Blackwood in at the top. Uh, but when you look at it, obviously, Sri Lanka is playing well in, in their home territory. Gaul is obviously their fortress. And West Indies are finding themselves, thanks to the rear, but they find themselves in a very, still not out of the doghouse, Andrew. No, not uh, at all. Still two days to go, still two days to go. Two days to go, you yeah. know. Yeah, love it. Batting 70 balls, three 11 runs. Mm. Those kind of things. I want to know, you know, why he doesn't express himself a bit more. Yeah. But obviously, on middle order, Andrew continues to be the bugbear. Kalmir was starting to look good. Mm. You know, that again, obviously not carrying on. And Jason and, and, and Cornwall came in at the back end. But again, that middle order, Andrew, is, is worrying. Mm. We know we're going to get a lot of spin. And our batsmen have to learn to, 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 to try to cope with the turning ball. I was very disappointed in Russian Chase's dismissal. Yes. Very uh, soft. It as, uh, yeah, his left foot was, his left foot was on leg stump. And yes. off Rick is turning back in. The only way he can hit it is back pad to, back pad to, to, to the short leg. Yes. I think that he needs to get his foot closer to the ball. But these are things that the batting coach should be telling these guys. I, I shouldn't be in Barbados speaking about this on, on, on radio. These are things that they should be seeing because they have video analysis and all kind of things. And there's just some very soft elementary outs. No big, a lot of simple mistakes that are causing our batsmen their wickets. And mm-hmm. these are things that they need to look at. And again, Andrew is going to come down to batting. It's for West Indies to save that game. Uh, obviously, Sri Lanka knows the conditions better than any any of the two teams, but our batsmen, again, mm. would have to come up trumps. And I keep saying, we like to bat at our best when the pitch is at its worst. And, and I, don't, I, can't, I, yeah, I don't understand our thinking. I think that we should look to bat at our best when the pitch is at its best so that we can make it a little easier for us going into the back end. Now, if we had some of these soft dismissals eradicated, we'll find ourselves on the third year in, in a stronger position mm. and giving us a bit more room. But we don't have a lot of room to play with. And obviously, we're hoping that our bowlers can come very, very good in the second minute and try to restrict Sri Lanka uh, for less than 200 to give ourselves a chance going into that last year. But it's, again, it's a battle for West Indies. And only time will tell how well we can come out of it. I heard the captain speaking, you know, and he's saying that they've got to look at the off-spinner. But I thought they would have looked at the off-spinner six weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> because I believe that the other team, Sri Lanka, has been looking at our batsmen and our bowlers for some time now. But these are things that I don't like to hear. If we have people who are working in that backroom staff, and it's a big backroom staff, they need to be on point of what they're doing in relation to West Indies playing in these foreign, in these territories. You know, you need to get your, your details right so that you know when the Austin comes, this is what he's going to bowl, and prepare your batsmen for what they're going to be confronted with. You know, so these are little things that I, I hope mm. that they're ironing out going forward, Andrew, because cricket is a changing game. A lot of thought processes are going into cricket. You have a lot of backroom staff. There's a lot of computers working, and well, analysis working. Mm-hmm. And these are things that we need to try and get on point. Mm-hmm. When we get there, we understand, we've got some understanding of what we're going to face. 
when we get to Sri Lanka. But unfortunately, we find ourselves in another precarious position. Mm. But only time will tell Andrew to see how we can dig ourselves out of the soul and uh, come up with a draw or even come from a, come from behind a win. But again, it's going to come for application. Application. Yeah. Application. Yeah. Yeah. application, but a capital A. It was capital. All right. So horses there, Philip. We're going to pause our business because when we come back, we're going to uh, talk uh, to Ian Bradshaw, the former West Indies or Ronda, and a couple of other questions for good old Johnny Grave, who is uh, always uh, welcome. Um, you know, good or bad, he comes uh, to the show. In bad times, but these are now uh, serious times that I've been trying to reach out to him. And uh, I'm not getting any response from Roger Harper. So, Roger, if you're listening there in Georgetown, Mason and Guest needs you, please come. Let's, let's talk. And the president of Cricket West Indies has been on this show about once or twice, but I understand he, um, he's always in a tussle with Dr. Ford. That could be the reason. But we want to hear from the president of Cricket West Indies and, of course, the lead selector, Roger Harper, who normally comes in the show. But when we come back from our commercial break, we're going to talk to him. Listen again. joins us. Good evening to you, Ian. How are you? Hi, good evening, Andrew, and good evening to your distinguished guest, and always doing Yes, yes. Well, when you've got people like Johnny Grave on, you expect that more and more people will obviously listen to the show, and Philo Wallace is a, a fixture, and Dr. Ford, who's always in a tussle uh, with uh, Vice President Shallow. Let me endorse what you said. Let me, let me endorse something that Philo said, and um, yes. I want to thank Mr. Gray for making himself available mm. to speak to the Caribbean people. It, it, it's important, it must not be understated, that um, the, the people of the region are very passionate about the game. And it's important that those stakeholders um, make themselves available to, to, to give some clarity to the issues surrounding cricket. So, you know, as a as a former cricketer and as a fan of West Indies cricket, may extend a thank you to to Mr. Grave to make himself available, and I encourage him to make more of his team available so that we can understand what's going on in West Indies cricket. Mm-hmm. I think that's a powerful statement you just made there, and um, you know, Johnny is always available to talk to us. And, um, just before we come back to you, Ian, um, Johnny, when is this report um, going to be available? The report in relation to the performance of the World Cup um, squad and, and the performance generally, because I'm hearing that a committee, um, is it headed by Enoch Lewis? Am I right? Is, is that correct, um, Johnny? And includes... Uh, no, uh, no? No, every, every tour, including a World Cup, would be reviewed by um, uh, a tour committee that is headed by the director of cricket, Jimmy Adams. Okay. Um, so that, that's taking place and the recommendations and full report will go to the board when they meet in December. 
um, in mm. a few weeks' time. Okay, so Jimmy Adams is 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 the man. He's chairing that uh, particular committee. All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think the uh, chairman of Christine Not Lewis would be on that committee mm. uh, along with the uh, the vice president and a, and a, a group of individuals from selectors, team mm. management, medical practitioners, etc. Right now, Johnny, in terms of the first class season, I'm hearing that Barbados will host, uh, will host the first three rounds uh, in. February. Can you confirm that? The plan is for uh, the West Indies Championship four-day competition to restart in February with um, uh, teams teams hopefully travelling um, and mm. playing um, three rounds would be, we're going to anchor we think three teams at home uh, and three teams would travel uh, and then and then reverse that for the, uh, for the second round. But um, mm. yeah, look, uh, COVID is still here and amongst us and uh, we don't mm. want to get ahead of ourselves and mm. there might be, you know, mm. bikes. We hope not post-Christmas, but that's certainly the plan as we sit here now. Well, Johnny, the reason I'm asking that is that um, I know Barbados are planning for it and I'm, I'm told that Barbados will be hosting the first three rounds of the regional championship. Is that right? The, the, the current plan is that Barbados will be playing at home right. uh, against their opposition um, in February. Mm. Um, and again, that's based on the amount of cricket that we've got throughout the region. Um, mm. But I would say that you know, we, we have to be very flexible in, in our approach operationally. Mm. So mm. whether um, you probably remember back in 2020, we were looking at hosting all six teams in one country playing across three venues. Mm. Um, I wouldn't rule that out oh. um, at this point. Um, mm. But the current plan is that uh, the Windward Islands, um, Barbados and Jamaica would play at home with Guyana, Trinidad, and the Leeward Islands traveling right. uh, um, across those three home mm. countries um, for the first three rounds. And then we would split it with Guyana, Trinidad, and um, mm -hmm. uh, either St. Kitts or Antigua playing at home. So, mm -hmm. And they, you can imagine the amount of volume of cricket we've got, mm. particularly through that Under-19 Cricket World Cup with, um, with 16 teams coming to the region, um, playing uh, from the start of January all the way through to the second week in February. Um, there's a huge volume of cricket being played across those wickets. So Guyana, St. Kitts, Antigua and Trinidad and Tobago, the host countries of that under-19 World Cup, you know, mm. simply wouldn't be able to host four-day cricket. So it's, um, it's mm. based on that um, practical perspective. Mm, I see. Okay, well, th thanks for that information. I don't know if um, uh, Dr. Ford or Phil has a follow-up, but let, let me, let's go to Ian. Ian, your reflection in relation to the first um, test match, Sri Lanka versus the West Indies, Sri Lanka 386, to which the West Indies we replied uh, 224 for nine. We're in some trouble, um, Ian. Yeah, we, we, we are in some trouble. Um, unfortunately, I haven't watched a lot. Um, I missed a lot because of the hours that has been played. Mm. So I can't comment much on the cricket itself. But um, disappointing. To, the, to see that we are behind again. Sri Lanka has been a charging place for us to, to tour. And um, what I understand is the pitch has taken a bit of turn. And, and once again, mm. our batters seem to, to struggle when they come in to face spin. Um, and, and it's something that we have to, to, to work on. Uh, it's something that by, by now, you know, the, the preparation ha has to be on point. And I, I don't know the level of preparation that went in. I'm sure Johnny could, could speak to that, but it concerns me the, the manner to which we seem to be 
somewhat unprepared for, for these tournaments. Mm. And I'm not too sure how much match play that, that we've had. And the, the reality is that COVID has struck the, the, the Caribbean cricket fraternity extremely hard. The, the logistics surrounding um, moving our players around um, surely must have been the one that caused a lot of headaches for cricket West Indies. Mm-hmm. But I believe that um, we got to ensure that we get our, our, our best cricketers at the various types of, of cricket being looked after by the, by the best individuals. Um, you're going to a place where it's very much uh, swing friendly conditions. It's important that you get your, your, your best um, former players and, and coaches available for that. The, the thought of, of a head coach being involved in a T20 World Cup and uh, being in these bubbles and then being put in charge of a, a, a test team with so little time to, to work with them is something that we have to, to, to reassess. And the time may come because of, of our peculiarities and because of our weaknesses that we may have to look at a contract where we have our test coach and, our, and, and his team working with that team exclusively and um, putting the, the white ball um, coaching in someone else's hands. Mm. Uh, well, well, I know Johnny would want to respond to that, but just before he does that, um, very interesting observation. I'm told, and, and fellow, I know you, you normally know these things, that young Dominique Drakes has made the T20 squad from Barbados. I'm also told that Justin Graves, Raymond Reefer, and Shamar Brooks are on the ODI squad. Have you heard anything, fellow? I drew, I drew, I, I, I sit on a, on, a, on a review task force committee, but we don't okay. really, we're not privy to select. So, 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 so the I've answer, so the answer is no? I've heard, <laughs> a few, I've heard a few Barbados have made a squad yes, down to, yes. go down to mm. Pakistan. Mm. And I want to commend Cricket West Indies <laughs> going to Pakistan. Mm. Uh, we just saw New Zealand and, and England turn their back on Pakistan cricket. Mm. And I know that Ramiz Raj is a, is, is, is a good guy. And he wants to see cricket in that country. And I'm happy that Cricket West Indies had the foresight uh, to decide, look, we can get two squads there to play some cricket. Mm. The Pakistan cricket is, is, is at a high now. It's on a, very, it's on a good queue going forward. Right. And I think it's going to be a good challenge for, for West Indies to see where we really are playing in, in those conditions. But Hello. I've heard that yes, those guys have made it. And I want to congratulate them. Actually, I saw a couple of them. At the yes. And I will tell you here. Right. I love what Carlisle Stewart, who's under the radar here, but I, I, I said congratulations to them, and, yes. and I wish them all the very best. So, 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 what, I, so, what, so what I just said is true right. then, Philo, what I just said is true, huh? I don't know, I, I don't know what is true, but I, I, I said congratulations to them. I'm wishing them uh, the you, you said congratulations to Justin know. Graves, um, to I, Raymond Reef and Shamar Brook? No, I haven't seen Justin Graves. And Dominic Drake is playing in, uh, you, you know, he's overseas playing now. Um, and he's got to yeah. go across the I Pakistan. Saw mother, I saw his mother the other day in the supermarket. And, and you congratulated her on his behalf? He's going away shortly, so I told her <laughs> to him, and I hope he continues to improve. Yes, a wonderful <laughs> player. I yes. it's all about development. Yes. And, and, and I hope that uh, these young cricketers seize the opportunity right. given to them. Mm. I'm not a big fan of how the selection are going, because I think we've gone to Sri Lanka with six spinners. And I don't know why we would take six spinners to Sri Lanka. Yeah. That is bamboozling to me. Mm. I thought we would have loaded, loaded that squad with a bit more batting mm. to help us counter attack the spin bowling. 
But I, I just want to wish all these young men all the very best mm -hmm. on their trip to Pakistan. Mm -hmm. Do well, and doing well to me as a cricketer is performing in your various disciplines. Mm -hmm. And hopefully, mm -hmm. the bell will ring for you at another level as well. Philo, I've got a question for you. Um, do you know if Pollard is going to Pakistan? Have I you don't know anything? if Pollard is going. Mm. Have you heard I anything? Not, I haven't heard anything from about Pollard and what he's doing. Mm. I don't know if he's been retained as captain. Mm. I don't know what the collectors have recommended for this tour. Mm. All I can tell you is that the committee that, that Mr. Graves spoke about, that review committee, is working hard. Right. Uh, Mr. Enoch Lewis is the chairman, mm. director at Cricket James Adams also sits on the committee myself. Mm. And we also bring in Dr. Shallow. Not then, then the time is right. He is ex officio. Right. And we've been working very hard, Andrew. We've had mm. meetings last week. We're going to have a meeting tomorrow. Yes. And try to nail down this document so that when it's presented, hopefully by December, mm. that there's some kind of common sense coming to it. And I hope that the Lessons Cricket Board members mm. can see favor in this document and let us install it into our system. Right. And hopefully mm. the franchise will buy into it as well and use it to bring West Indies cricket, uh, make it a bit stronger and make selection, selections of players a bit more transparent. Right, right. Uh, okay, well, well, well I've, I've heard um, some, some things as well in relation to what you're going to report in, and I've, I've heard, and Dr. Ford told me this, and that um, there's a recommendation that the selectors be changed. I wouldn't want you to comment on that, Philo, but, you know, they, they, they tell me these things, sometimes they come off the wall. Um, but just I feel that you have a spy in that room. <laughs> I, <yes>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just before we go to Ian, um, Johnny, can you, can, can you um, tell us if the ODI, um, but the white ball captain has been um, selected? No. No. I won't. I will make you wait okay. until we Very make good. the official announcement. Very but what I would say to, to <laughs> Philo is uh, Philo's committee is different to the uh, World Cup review. So the World okay. Cup review has been chaired by the director of cricket, Jimmy Adams. Right. And Philo is, is volunteering his time once again to continue mm. to refine mm. and review the selection policy. Right. Not the selectors as individuals, the policy and the right. system in which they, uh, and when I say they, I mean the women's panel, the men's panel, right. and the youth panel operate. Mm. And uh, I echo what Philo says. I think that the work that they're doing um, mm. is, is required and well needed. And, and again, mm. hopefully provide that blueprint for the franchises to, mm. to drip that down through their youth teams and their men's and women's teams so that mm. we get a really consistent um, process for how we select our, mm. our best players, how we, we construct our teams. And mm. um, I think in response to what Ian said, um, mm -hmm. I think he makes a good point. I mean, one of the other ways that we've tended to look at it, um, uh, especially with that limited preparation that we've had, albeit you know, players came into Antigua for um, a camp. They played two three-day games here in Antigua before heading out to Sri Lanka. Mm. Um, it is an opportunity to, to give mm. um, opportunities to our developing coaches. You know, Shiv Chandapur, who has just gone through the, the new level three course. We had Rayon Griffiths here, uh, you know, stepping up to sort of the head coach role. Uh, and we've had... Um, other sort of franchise coaches um, uh, throughout the last sort of year or so coming into those best v best when the white ball team might be playing elsewhere. And it, it, does, it does give opportunities to our mm. regional coaches to, to step up and have that opportunity to work with the elite players. Um, but I, I take Ian's point. It is the schedule is not getting any easier. There is a, a huge overlap in terms of when, you know, back-to-back -back tours are taking place and therefore it's, it's something that we continue, particularly mm. in the men's team, mm. uh, to look at very closely in terms of when we finish regional cricket, 
uh, what the players are doing and how we can best prepare them for the format that they're playing and the conditions that they're going to be playing in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian, you, uh, perhaps some big decisions we have to be taken by Cricket West Indies. Um, would you change the, the white ball captain, um, Ian, at this stage? Pollard, as you know, is the captain. What, what, what I'll say about that, Andrew, is that look, there's, a, there's a process by which you go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important that you have your, de- your de- debriefing, understand not just what is happening on the field, but off the field, the things that we can't see. Um, and I always say that the white ball cricket, it tends to be best managed in cycles. So most mm-hmm. teams you would see look to a particular World Cup down the road and make sure that they give that squad and, and the leader the opportunity to, to, to move forward. Mm. So, um, considering that we have a uh, T20 World Cup on, on, on the horizon, um, certainly you wouldn't be targeting that in terms of a long-term goal. But you got to ask yourself the question, um, where are we right now? We didn't do ter- terribly well in this tournament. And maybe it's time now that we chart a course to win uh, two T20 World Cups from now. And it might be best time to, to, to give someone the opportunity mm. to move the team mm. to, 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 so, to their liking. So are you, are you, say, are you saying, that, Ian, based on, on that, that you would change Pollard? Is that what you're saying? Well, well, what I said, Andrew, if you listen carefully. Yeah, I am listening um, carefully. What, what you have to do now is to oh. understand that <laughs> if the options that you, you have available when you made that choice, yes. you have to determine if that person ready at this time mm. to take over. So what do you think? Certainly, I, I thought that I thought that Nicholas Puran, mm-hmm. he, he looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, he is someone that, that you could target. Um, there's been talk of, of Pat Meyer. He's had some challenges from a fitness standpoint. So the person that are doing the, the debriefing, uh, trying to understand what the qualities involved, will have to determine if these guys are ready to, to step up to the challenge. I can't say that at this time because I'm not that close to the cricket. Mm-hmm. But if they are and we believe that we can invest in them, then I would have no problem with asking Paul Fowler to step aside. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Um, very interesting comments. Dr. Ford? Okay, well, yeah, that was interesting. Um, I, I think I should go back to Johnny I, again. Um, we, we are aware of the, the changes that have been made with elections and also the new initiatives to review that process. We know that there's COVID. We also know about the, the, the stuff being done for umpires and, and other things. But we've had during the last, last the recent few years, um, some directors saying that they weren't privy to some of the decisions that were made and they felt left out and there've been some other issues. So Johnny, I really wanted to ask you about one of the important things that was mentioned for, for us to be successful. And I can quote, quote what it says. I can quote it, a modern and fit for purpose corporate governance system with its consensus oriented, accountable, transparent, responsive, equitable, inclusive, and results in the best decision making. So, so that is the goal of Cricket West Indies for improving corporate governance, and I mentioned some of the things that happened. Can you list any of the changes that have occurred that would put us in that direction for 
improve corporate governance? Well, I think you would have seen and, and read um, the Webby report that was commissioned back in 2019 um, that put forward a, a, a number of initiatives around how we could improve our, our corporate government structures, um, looking at best, best practice across um, both businesses and sports, both within the Caribbean and outside. And um, that report is still being discussed with our shareholder members um, and amongst our board of directors. Um, so I think that in terms of governance reform is, is the, the, the process um, by which we are working towards and hopefully um, a number of the recommendations of Webby report can be um, adopted by the, the shareholders um, and therefore implemented by us, um, at least in, in a phased approach so that we can get to the stage where you know, we are making sure that as an organization we're using best practices and, and best corporate governance models to make our Sure, our decision making is, as you articulate, you know, robust and transparent. Um, so, you know, but, but all of the decisions that we've made are, are made um, and ratified by the board of directors or approved by the board of directors. You know, some are more unanimous than others, shall we say? Um, but uh, there's no decisions that have been made in, in in recent times that haven't been made in full support of the board. Well, well, that's the that's the thing I'm really getting at. I mean, we had the Wavy report and previous reports before that, and from a from an onlooker's standpoint, there seems to be an, an inertia with adopting um, ideas and and guidance from reports. And I mean, Andrew has asked, and I asked last week even about the simple review of the World Cup and waiting on that report. There seems to be a big lag time and a difficulty with decision-making, uh, even taking into consideration the directorship and the, the mechanisms that are there. It seems as though nothing really happens on a number of, of fronts. I don't agree with you on your statement about the World Cup review. I mean, the World Cup finished and uh, you know the team two days later flew to Sri Lanka. Um, the review took place whilst many of the members of team management going through their quarantine in Sri Lanka. I'm not sure it could have happened at any earlier juncture than that. Uh, and clearly the director of cricket also talks to his, his high performance team and, and other people involved in that in order to, to write what will be a, a, not just a comprehensive review, but also make sure that every recommendation that we're putting to the board in terms of ensuring that we can improve um, things on the field with that T20 side in particular, but also our wider international teams are well considered and go, then go through the framework. So um, the first base of that is, you know, I'll get a copy of that report and give Jimmy my feedback, as, as well as other members of the management team and uh, and leadership before well, it, it goes forward to the board of directors. And again, they'll well, be given well, at least seven days to read that report before um, before it's okay. discussed. Johnny, I just have that as an add-on, but I'm really talking corporate governance here, and, and I'm just trying to show you. Uh, a trend if, if you look at something like the Wavy report, which may be a few years old now, and maybe looking at another report that's in the pipeline. I was just trying to get make the point that it seems like uh, decision-making may be uh, an area that, that needs looking at, because if you are to improve corporate governance, and I asked you to list some of the initiatives that were put into place to improve the corporate governance, but I haven't heard you go through that, that list. 
Well, I, I can read the review report recommendations if you want. No, no, to, I, but I mean, <laughs> things that were instituted on the Webby report. I mean, the Webby report can only be corporate government's reform is never easy for any organisation. It involves, in our case, the shareholders to vote either at the AGM or an extraordinary general meeting. Uh, they can't be changed by management. They can't be changed by the board of directors. You know, so corporate government's reform is never a quick, in my experience anyway, quick or easy process. Um, mm because you're, you're normally making fundamental changes um, to the system. Um, so I, there have been a number of corporate governance reforms, uh, reports written throughout the last 20 years, some of which have been implemented in part, some, some more than others. But you know, the, the, the evolution of the organization from a corporate governance perspective continues. And we are currently very focused on the Webby report and the recommendations that are before our board and ultimately will go before our shareholders mm -hmm. either in EGM next year or at the AGM in March. Uh, and I hope that a number of them uh, will be adopted as the first phase of implementing, uh, you know, the, the, the next evolution of our corporate governance reform. Okay. Um, below, uh, before Brian Lara went to, to Sri Lanka, he, he did some observations and strategy and he decided to, introduced the sweet shot as a method of counteracting neuroliterin at that time. Uh, we've looked at the, the first innings almost completely of the, the West Indian reply to the Sri Lankan uh, score, and we hardly saw any sweet shots. How do you account for the lack of that shot among West Indian cricketers? Dr. Tiggins, the street shot has to be it's a personal decision. You, 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 as a batsman, you, you, you got to know when, which ball you can sweep because length is going to be important. It is not a shot that you just turn on one day you go to play. I think it calls for practice. But we are speaking about professional cricketers here, Doc, who have been to Sri Lanka, who have been to India, who have been to Bangladesh. And on those type of surfaces, the street shot is a very productive shot. I am surprised that our players don't use it. We have a batting coach called Monty Desaid. And I'm going to keep hitting him. Johnny Griff could cut me off. Or tell me don't go back to that committee. Mm. But we cannot have a batting coach mm. for so many years in our cricket. Mm. And our players at that level still cannot play a sweep shot. I know you can't blame the batting coach for everything. But he has the power to, to do things, to get these fellas to turn around some of their shots, election. And in the subcontinent, the sweep shot is very, very productive. And it surprised me that our players still cannot play. I don't know if they have the confidence to play. I see a lot of them batting in rib yard, inside taipad, outside taipad, extra taipad around their bum. So I don't see the fear of playing it. They're batting helmets with grills. They need to practice it and be comfortable and confident that they can execute the sweep shot. Courtney Brown was a good advocate for the sweep shot. He, 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 could, he used to sweep on land to the, to the fine sweep in front of square, but again, it comes down to the batsman. How well equipped is he? How much confidence does that bat, that batter has mm -hmm. to play that sweet shot? So it, it surprises me, but mm -hmm. this is things that have to be worked on in the net. And as Johnny said, it's, it's a quick turnaround mm -hmm. between, you know, these test matches. There isn't a lot of time, so any work mm -hmm. that has to be done. And apparently, and, and obviously, unfortunately, I don't think they got to play the warm-up game. So a lot of mm -hmm. stuff would have been done indoors. Mm. So I, I, I can't tell you what really happens at, at the coaching, mm. at the next sessions, but these are things that all players should be able to play, man. Sweet shot and reverse sweep and mm. things like that. People are playing them. Yes. We should be able to play them. Yes. Well, it looks as if um, 
uh, if you had your way, the side would be changed too. But let me come back to Ian. Ian but Basha. Andrew, I, will, I will tell you something, Andrew, yes. and I'm being brutally honest here. Yes. Mr. President. Yes. I sit on a review committee. Yes. And we've been meeting out for the last three or four weeks. And my recommendation was to sack the selectors. Say that and again, Philo. My recommendation was to sack the selectors because um, they make they make a lot of mistakes. And what about the, and and what about, what about, what about the coaching staff? Pardon me? What about the coaching staff? Simmons but and the company. Selector, the coaching staff should have been reviewed and also been given. We have to prioritize what is important for West Indies. Mm, okay. At this juncture, Andrew. Okay. Andrew, we had a poor World Cup campaign. Right. And okay, they've given an extension to the selectors. I agree. I, I, they've given an extension. They have their reasons. But our selectors are making a lot of mistakes and causing West Indies cricket a lot of headaches. Mm. And I don't like it. You, when you do something wrong, you can't correct wrong. I would like the selectors to do what is right for West Indies cricket, Andrew. And I'm speaking here as Philo Wallace. What, if you do what is right for West Indies cricket, mm. we are going to see the best cricketers representing right. cricket. And we're going to see good performances. Mm-hmm. These players network, Andrew. And when you squeeze one fella, mm-hmm. he's called another fella to man, be careful. Mm-hmm. And I hope, Andrew, that they get it right because we are going to lose cricketers with a lot of bad decisions. And I'm not talking about umpiring decisions, mm-hmm. I'm talking about electoral decisions and administrative decisions. Mm-hmm. The uh, people playing cricket all over the place, not T10, T5, all kinds of places. Yeah, and yeah. all cricketers are still in demand. Mm-hmm. So yeah. please. My recommendation, and it's on record, I am not ashamed to hide my face from my mouth. Mm. I think that Pollard, I said it last week, mm. Pollard has disappointed me. I thought he would have shaken the tree mm. and put our two white ball squads into shape. He has not. Mm. Well, well, Johnny, um, Johnny said that they have, they might have um, picked the, the, oh, oh, the white ball captain, but that announcement is going to come very soon. Uh, Ian, someone is responding to what you just said. Of course, you can send us to WhatsApp at Two five three four six seven nine. They're saying uh, ODI captain uh, Sheho, uh, T20 captain Nicholas Poran. Ian, we need we need to move on from Pollard, Russell, Rampal, and Simmons. Your reaction, Mr. Bradshaw. I'll, I'll say one thing, Andrew. We we spend so much time debating names. Mm. If we put as much energy into getting our policies right. Okay. We be And I think that mm-hmm. you, you have a wonderful forum that, that you can drive discussions mm. that, that move our cricket forward. Right. Um, if you pick one guy today, the next guy tomorrow, I mean, we, we've learned by this for 20 odd, 30 mm. odd years. Right. It, it, it's the individuals not going to make the difference, Andrew. It's like systemic challenges. Right. Okay. That, that we, we got to get right. And we got to be honest with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't expect to have players coming through averaging 20, 22, mm-hmm. and, they, and you want them to bat two, two, two days of test cricket in Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. Um, you're not going to have situations where bowlers um, not accustomed to bowling on, on, on good tracks. And when they put on good tracks, mm-hmm. they're exposed and, and we complain. Mm-hmm. We gotta prepare our cricketers best, Andrew. We, mm-hmm. we gotta make sure that there's there's greater competition coming through, more more participation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, until we get those right, Andrew, you could be asking me about Pollard, Gill, mm-hmm. Bell, 
but it, it, it doesn't but, move but, forward. But, but, but Ian, while I agree with what you're saying, there's a World Cup in just over a year from now. We've got to start to prepare for it. And the WhatsApper is saying, uh, ODI captain, uh, well, well, T20 with Nicholas Poran, ODI captain, Cher Hope, and they're making the decision. They're saying, look, we must look past Pollard, Russell, Rampal, and Simmons. I think that's a fair comment. You think no, so? I, there's nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong with what the, the, the contributor has, has put forward. And yes. I embrace the fact that there must be review and there must be structured review mm. to understand where we go forward. And but these guys. But do you agree? But, 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 but do you agree minute, with that, Sapper? One minute, Andrew. Andrew, one minute. Yes, please. One minute. Mm. I'm, I'm saying to you that we have a system in place by which we must review and understand our way forward. And if it is that we decide that now is the time to form a team that will serve us for the next eight years, and mm. these guys can't play for the next eight years, mm. then we move forward from that. Mm. And that is the fundamental thing that we must exercise our time with. Because if you get that right, then naturally the, the, the Pollards and and the um, Russells or whatever may not be in your equation. But if you spend your time worrying about the next series and not putting these issues, right. things in place, on, mm-hmm. you can make the same mistake. Yeah. So mm. we got to understand what, what is wrong mm. that Brandon King, who did so well a, a, a few um, CPLs ago, mm-hmm. why didn't he go on? What's mm-hmm. the problem there? Right. What, what, why is it that someone like the captain of Jamaica, um, Rosamund Powell, right. hasn't gone on? A wrong cricket for a standard period of time. Mm. Why isn't he going on? Mm. Why is it that we can't find fast bowlers mm-hmm. that are making people frightened? Mm. I mean, so, <laughs> these are the systemic things that you got to get right, Andrew, mm-hmm. because if we don't spend our time, and I encourage you to, to use your platform right. to have these conversations, mm-hmm. challenge the challenge the administrators, and that's why I was up front and saying congrats to, to, to Johnny mm-hmm. for coming on this show, mm-hmm. and we want to hear more people on this show. We want to hear James Adams. We mm-hmm. want to hear all the, 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 the territorial mm-hmm. persons right. uh, who are in the Jamaican positions, mm-hmm. uh, for, from the BCA, from Trinidad, Jamaica. We want to hear those people that are on the ground mm-hmm. coming to speak about how they are moving forward our, our cricket. That's what the people are interested in. Mm. Trust me, Andrew, mm. your general fan right now mm-hmm. wants to see cricket move forward, want to see us get, get better. Mm. And I hope that you use your, your platform mm. to drive that sort of conversation. I, I, I think that's a fair comment. I will certainly take your advice. Let's pause for business cause when we come back. We're going to go to Gaul and talk to Fazir. He just has something to drink. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's got the color. Mm, I wouldn't say too much more, Fazir. I, you know I'll get myself in trouble. But well, when we come back, we're going to go to the goal and, of course, uh, speak to our good friend, Fazir Mohammed. Um, and the first question we'll ask Fazir is, why is Kemal Roach not playing? But Mason and Guest is brought to an association. Friends of ASAP, you work wrong.
seven past seven in the country. Of course, that's uh, Eastern Caribbean time, and Jamaica an hour behind the rest of the Caribbean. Uh, let's go to Sri Lanka and speak to Fazir. Fazir, what time is it there now? Can you tell me? It is now 4.57 on a Wednesday morning in Golan. <laughs> All right. Well, nice to hear you, Fazir. Well, you've been doing some wonderful commentaries as usual. Um, your reaction to the West Indies' performance at the end of the third day, they're in trouble. Despite some rain, 2.24 for nine in response to 3.86 made by Sri Lanka. In trouble, yes, but uh, at least they fought well on on the on the play that was available on the third day. Because mm-hmm. I think when you look 13 to six, uh, you look at almost as a given that the West Indies uh, would would be dismissed under 200. Whether Sri Lanka would have been forced to follow on or not uh, seems a, a moot point because the the general feeling uh, among the the Sri Lankans, the former players and so on, was that they were never going to enforce the the, the follow on anyway. But I think it's impressive that that we once again saw the lower order. Jason Holder playing a key role in that, uh, more than doubling the score from 106 to 224 for nine. There was some rain again overnight. It was raining not heavily, but steadily mm. uh, for much of it. It's stopped now, but we'll have to wait and see what happens uh, when play actually gets underway, if it does get underway on time. So, because there's still two days left, and Sri Lanka right now have a lead of about 162. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't expect too much. Uh, with Chan Gabriel coming in as as the last one, so so there's a lot a lot of work to be done uh, for the for the series over the next two days if the weather allows. Mm-hmm. And what's the weather forecast? Do you know it? Uh, the, the, actually, uh, yesterday we were getting reports of a 90% chance of rain today. Ooh. So uh, wait and see. Uh, it, it it did appear that the the, the bad weather came in earlier than mm. they anticipated because they didn't anticipate rain just after lunch yesterday, but it it swept in. And mm. from, from really heavy rain throughout the afternoon, it was steady. And because of that, they, they, they just couldn't get back on the field. So mm. we'll have to wait and see. Let's look at the construct of the, the final 11. Were you surprised? No, no Kima Roach? I was surprised, obviously, because they, they, if, if you're talking about um, maybe because of the conditions, uh, looking at spinner friendly, that they're only going to go with, uh, with one out-and-out fast bowler. Uh, it is obviously a gamble to go with Shannon Gabriel. There's no question that he's, he's the fastest. But uh, as we saw on day one, four overs in the morning session, three overs in the afternoon session, and mm. then a few towards the end. Is that really sufficient from someone you would describe as your strike bowler? Mm-hmm. And when you the caliber of Hakim Roach, and, and I, I, as soon as we saw the 11 confirmed, I, I, I checked with Dario Bartley, who's of course the traveling media officer, with the West Indies team to confirm that there were no fitness issues with Kimar Roach or Jaden Seals or anybody, and he confirmed that all were fit and available for selection. So mm. uh, I, I, I felt it to be an interesting selection or, or, or maybe an incorrect selection mm. uh, because I thought Kimar Roach would have had the experience mm. and the know-how and, and, and certainly the, the, the understanding of the, of the conditions mm. to probably give a more sustained effort through a test match than Shannon Gabriel. Mm. So you would have played... Roach ahead of Gabriel. Yeah, if I if I was if I was if I was a selector, mm, you would. Mm. Okay, and the three if spinners. Uh, were you, are you happy Sorry. with the con- are you happy with the three spinners? Uh, would you have given consideration to anyone else? Or is it necessary to but, play three spinners? Well, so it really depends on the philosophy, uh, Andrew. And mm. if you tell yourself, and that was a discussion that we were having, especially on the first day mm. of the test match, 
uh, horses for courses make sense mm. if you know they are going to deliver. Mm. But if about our fast bowlers developing uh, mm. their skill conditions, someone like a Jaden Seals or, or should, should be expected to be able to bowl mm-hmm. and bowl properly in conditions that would uh, subcontinental conditions. So mm. uh, it's all development. If you're only, only going to use them when mm. the conditions are favorable, then that is going to hamper his development. Mm. So it, it, it was a judgment call and, and I have no problem with that as far as deciding mm. to go with a, with a strong spin attack. Mm. Uh, but my issue was the preference of Shannon Gabriel over Kimar Roach. It could very well be different for the second test. It's the, it's the same venue. It's just going to be a couple of days after. But it really depends on, on whether or not they feel that that policy would have worked because you saw five wickets uh, for Austin Chase, three for Jomel Warrican. Uh, there, there, was, there was one for Rakeem Cornwall. Mm. Uh, to wait and see how this test match pans out. But the, the, the main thing for me was the, the omission of Kimar Roach. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, let, let, let's go to John. The lines are open now. We're going to uh, certainly take your calls, 44 and 790, and you've got a, a, a panel uh, that you can, can speak to. Um, Johnny, um, in terms of the celebrations uh, for, for Christopher Gale, I understand you all are planning a big party for Mr. Gale when the, the Irish come at the beginning of the year. Is that true? We're going to uh, play three ODIs against Ireland um, in the second week of January uh, and then one T20 um, mm. at Sabina Park. And, yeah, I think um, uh, that would be, hopefully, if, if fans are allowed into Sabina, a good opportunity for us to um, say farewell to Chris uh, at his mm. home ground, yeah. Mm. So, so what, is it going, what form is it going to take, really? Can you, can you tell us? No, we're still talking to the government of Jamaica around the protocols and mm. the, the ability to play mm. uh, the series there. But again, I'd hope within the next few days that we can mm. confirm that series, one, taking place, and two, mm. being held mm. uh, in, in Jamaica. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so Gail is uh, determined when he will finish, and not the, not the West Indies. No, I think we, 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 we know that uh, in terms of international tournaments that, that that was the last one that Chris played in and um, mm. it's now whether uh, collectively we we all feel that it's appropriate for him to, to have one last game at home to, mm. to say farewell to one off game and, mm. and certainly mm. that Ireland series would represent that opportunity mm. uh, whether or not it happens I don't know um, mm. but but I think um, yeah mm. it would certainly be appropriate for as far as I can see it to, to treat our players uh, and give them the opportunity to mm. to um, to bow out, especially players like Chris, who have had unbelievable mm. careers, won mm. Uh, mm. trophies for the West Indies. So. Mm. Uh, Ian, you agree with that, or you would have uh, said to Gail uh, at the end of the World Cup, that's it? Uh, well, if, if the opportunity is going to present itself, um, that we can, can honor someone who served West Indies uh, well, um, I have no problem with the opportunity, want it. I say once again, mm. it, it must fall within the, the, the framework of what we're trying to achieve. And I mm. don't think that, say, for example, we use a, a T20 match and we give Gail the, the opportunity to participate in a match like, like that. Um, I don't think it's a discredit to West Indies cricket at all. Mm. And I think for the, the players that are coming through, it's important that, um, that mm-hmm. they see that former cricketers are being respected and, mm-hmm. and, and, and appreciated. Mm-hmm. We've had so much bad blood and it's been so badly publicized in, mm-hmm. in the media mm-hmm. where our player relationships mm-hmm. are concerned. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this may be a good opportunity for us mm-hmm. to to say thank you for someone who served at Sydney's well. Mm-hmm. We've missed the opportunity to uh, study the, um, some of the greatest who, who unfortunately left the game, and, and it wasn't ideal. Um, so Vivian Richards, um, for example, I remember Malcolm Marshall, some of those guys who legends of the game. Mm-hmm. And maybe if, if we could turn back time, uh, we, we would try to honor those in, in a greater way. Mm-hmm. It is not anything that he is entitled to. I think it, it, it's a gesture, and mm-hmm. if it can be accommodated, um, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have a problem with it, to be mm-hmm. honest. Prazir, do you have a problem with it? Well, I disagree with it fundamentally, in, in the sense that uh, basically what you're, what you're saying is that uh, the, you, you are using an official match, an international match, to, to, to grant a farewell. Um, I, I understand the point that is being made, that he served the game so well and been there for mm-hmm. so long, all of that. I'll give him a testimonial uh, because uh, I, I felt that after the 2019 World for example, uh, once more the idea was, are we moving forward with our one-day team or are we, or are we uh, basically undecided and, 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 and suing and throwing uh, over whether or not Gale should be, should, should be part of the West Indies team moving forward? Uh, for example, is this particular situation prompted by what Gale has said? Or was this always in mind as far as Cricket West Indies? And I think it's, I, I fully appreciate the point made by both Brady and, and, and Johnny about treating our players with respect and, and, and a farewell and so on. Mm-hmm. But in the way that we talk about these players just being, uh, after outstanding long careers, just being cast aside without, any, without offering any dignity on our, our farewell. It's another thing now. To, to see a situation where a player has basically called for a farewell, mm. called for an opportunity to mm. play a last match. Gail also wanted to play a last test in Jamaica. Thankfully, that was not granted because I think that is going down a road where you have a situation where players of, of, of certain stature mm. are, are, be, are, are, are making demands, which I don't think should be entertained as far as the international structure of the game. Because what are you saying then? For example, whether it's a T20 or a one-day match that he plays in, in Jamaica, uh, I, are you saying that, that somebody's going to be left out on merit to accommodate somebody's farewell? Well, give him a testimonial. The, the, in, in the same way that you see in other countries, and we, mm. we often follow English do, and we look at their, their sport, cricket, football, and so on. You have a testimonial, an all-star game or whatever it is. But I think it's going down a dangerous road when you establish a precedent where someone is allowed to play a, a, an official international match as a farewell if they don't deserve that place on merit. Philo? Mm-hmm. want to hear you, Philo? Uh, yeah, Andrew, this is a bugbear again. Uh, it never happened in the past, I don't think. I think granting Chris Gill a farewell game to me, he said, no, no, he's 42 years old. He's come to the end of the road. Cricket West Indies should have had something put in place, uh, maybe even before the World Cup started, to let Chris know, look, mm. this is where we think you should end. Because at the end of the day, we have to have a succession plan for cricketers going forward. And if Gale is not going to be in the future planning for West Indies cricket, why grant such a game? And I agree with Fazir. When we set precedent, mm. don't live up to them. Then you're going to hear, but you do it for this body and not this body. And if this is going to be the case going forward, but Cricket West Indies, you know, they, they know what they have to do. He's been a good servant, Andrew. I don't disrespect him. I'm, I'm, I'm all for what he has done. But we have not seen the best of Christopher Gale. 
And if we're going to give him one last hurrah in his hometown, mm-hmm. all I'm pleading to Mr. Graves, do it right. Because you can't correct wrong. But I am not in favor of it. But Cricket West Indies, they're the, they're the people who are in charge. And if they decide that they're going to talk to the authorities and do it for him, mm-hmm. do it and do it right. All and right. let us get Chris Gale off of cricket in good standing mm-hmm. with the board and let's move forward West Indies cricket. West Indies cricket cannot linger on one man. For mm. younger people who want to play, mm-hmm. let them get the opportunities to play. A World Cup is months away and we have to qualify. We cannot grant people favours in a job that is supposed to be business. I'm sorry. Mm. All right, let's let's we take some the line. let's take some calls. Hello, hello, welcome, Mason and Guest. Hello, um, good night. Good night to you. Yeah, I um the quad to the president. Um, the matches are on the BCA website, but I the two persons that I I see missing is Naim Yao and Rashawn Premises. There any light that they can be shed on on those two players? Well, I don't know. Um, I, I don't. Phil, okay, can you help help the caller with this one? Andrew, Andrew Barbados have a selection panel headed by Hendy Brooms, mm. my, uh, my former teammate, my former schoolmate. I know I, it was it was it was bantered that Carly Best had been added to that panel. Yes, he I, was I, a selector, yes. And I believe that they listen to this program. Mm. And I agree with the call of his Nayeen Young with Roshan Primus. These are mm. two young aspiring mm. cricketers yeah. that can strengthen any cricket team. Yes. And I want to, I would like one of them to come. I would like the chairman of selectors Hendy Brooms to come on this program because mm. I would like to go. Why Roshan Primus cannot feature in Barbados cricket? Mm-hmm. What is the reason? Mm-hmm. Yes, caller. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Let's take a couple of calls. Four two four one seven ninety. Hello, welcome, Mason and Guest. Hello, good, good evening. How are you? Good evening to you. That's Mason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have some concerns. Well, my first concern is you guys like this never fail to surprise me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thing they do now is 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 expected. Well, the first thing would have been the um, issue with Kimar Roach. Right. I could understand the dilemma in that they wanted to get um, um, pace. I could understand that, right? Mm-hmm. But they have a situation where after four overs, the man huffing and puffing, you know, and mm-hmm. and and you wanted to bring him back. But you can't bring him back because you, you have to be considered considerate with his fitness. Mm. Maybe 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 they knew something that we didn't know. All right. Kimaro, mm-hmm. how many left-handers in the in the um, in the Sri Lankan team? Kimar is known for um, bowling good at left-handers. Mm-hmm. It means that you couldn't even analyze. You're trying to get wickets. You're not trying to, to frighten people necessarily. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get fit. You're trying to tell me that, but he was good at bowling at left handers. That that couldn't be a criteria for you to get two wickets in the first hour. Mm-hmm. You got that, mm-hmm. you know. And 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 to me, the analysis. I keep saying the analysis of Sir Simmons and those guys leave me baffled. Then you get another situation where I heard Amir Sohail talking about how David Mianda was telling him that when the bowler is bowling, um, spinning at you from outside the legs, mm-hmm. take a few inches, cut your guard a few inches outside of the legs. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then, then if he blows it on the stump, you can back away from it. I hit it through the cover in the cover area. And he said he made 160 listening to that advice. Mm-hmm. What is Monty decide doing? Who? Our top 12 batsmen cannot even sweep. Mm-hmm. I spoke to Desmond Haynes a few weeks ago. I said, Desmond, um, you, I was talking about coming down you wicket. So Desmond said, not me, boy. I afraid of that when I come mm-hmm. down you wicket. Mm-hmm. I would get left high and dry. Yes. Then I, I don't know the really man turning. I was sweet. Mm-hmm. So I had to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian Lara said, the Englishmen practiced sweeping before they went to Sri Lanka. Mm-hmm. You mean that not one of the West Indies players can mm-hmm. sweep? Yeah. And, oh. and you got you got a, a batting coach. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for the contribution, caller. We got a couple calls backed up. Let's go and take a couple. Got another 15 minutes left in the show. Um, hello, welcome. Yeah, good evening. Good evening, sir. I want to correct your uh, Bradshaw with something before I start. You say West Indies have a problem playing against Spain. Yes. West Indies have a problem playing against anything. Oh, dear. And then, then again, one of, uh, Phil Wallace is one of my analysts, but he disappoint me every time calling for Gale, Gale, Gale. But I know he was a lawyer, so I didn't really do anything about it, or he might put me in jail. Oh, I and see. And he dropped anger in Sri Lanka. Oh, uh, okay. Well, wonderful. The poet. Thanks for your contribution. No, I don't think you give you ten. You give me, give you three. Thanks. Hello, two, 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 two other calls coming through. Hello, I welcome. I got a yeah. four calls. Yes. I met the pilot. It's the Gordon Greenwich, that the squad. The Gordon Greenwich. Okay. Squad. Oh, he's, he's in there. And, and Naeem Young apparently is in playing T10 cricket in Dubai. Mm. He hasn't played yet, but apparently he's there. Okay. I don't know. So, so, ability. so, 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 so that explains it. All right, let's take another call. Hello, welcome, Mason and Guess. Hello? Oh, hello, welcome, Mason and Guess. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening to you. Good evening to your pile. All right, good evening to you, sir. Right. Now, I want to ask one simple question. Mm. The same thing, thing, and things, and and, and grounds, et cetera, that obtained for the Sri Lankans, equally obtained for the West Indians? Say that again, what's the question? the same thing, circumstances, and what have you, that obtained for the Sri Lankans, the same thing obtained for the West Indians, huh? I don't, I'm not quite understanding what you're saying. What's, the, what's same, the question? The same circumstances, same, same grounds, same, um, they play on the same circumstances, the same setting and all of this. Mm-hmm. And, the, and, the, and the Sri Lankans can make 380. Oh, okay, from that perspective. The same circumstances yeah. in, mm-hmm. for both of the teams. Right. You, you think you're following me now? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with oh, you. Good. I'm, I, no, I mean, no, I, I, I mean, no, I mean no, no. you know, Roland Butcher was saying to me only yesterday that um, we, we don't have spinners in the Caribbean who really spin the ball. I mean, when you saw the Sri Lankans bowling, you saw the West Indians bowling, it looked a completely different pitch they were bowling on. Yeah, but the, what I'm trying to, to, to establish is that at the end of the exercise, right. then the one can content at your best. Um, accommodated them myself. Right. You've got to do your bit, I've got to do my bit. I agree it's with a that. competition. Mm-hmm. So the excuses that emanate after all of of what happened mm-hmm. is like leaves a lot to be desired. Mm-hmm. And I, I often like the term of of paying you on your merit. Okay. And treating you on your merit. I want to ask you one final question. Sure. 
you know they they resume. They, you know there was something about, about the, the 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 fees for for the the cricketers that that it was on hold and then they reinstated it some time ago. Mm. You remember that? Yeah. Well, but but they were having some challenges getting paid. But I'm sure that Johnny Graves would tell you he doesn't know anyone. But but the point I'm making is that the, the, the funds have been um, reinstated, etc. Yes. I think you got to pull them again. Oh, pull them again. Oh my golly, that's uh, an interesting one. You don't regard me now, huh? Yeah, I regard you. I regard you. Thanks for your contribution. Let's take another call before we go back to the panel. Hello, welcome, Mr. and guest. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night to you. Uh, how are you keeping? I'm, I'm okay. How are you? I am not too bad today. Yes, talk to us. Um, the USC should be glad for the little rain. The USC should be glad for the little rain? Yeah. Yes. Why do you say that, ma'am? I saw the rain saved the, save the game. Oh, the, oh, the rain, but there's two days to go, you know, ma'am? Oh, you know, two days to go, but it's just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Yes, we seem to be in some trouble. Yes, and we're and we struggling. Mm. So I, I glad that you're going to come. Alright, thank you very much for your contribution. So there, there's someone saying I've got some concerns about Cornwall's fitness. He notes with interest that um, uh, that the silver had to run the ball to the boundary. You saw that, Fazir? I think you were commenting when it happened. I saw it twice. Uh, <laughs> where you have a you have uh, Shannon Gabriel uh, at extra cover yes. and Rakeem Cole slip. And the keeper has to chase to the backward point boundary to, 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 to pick up the ball. Mm. That, that, that is what we've chosen. That, that, that is the decision that has been made. And, and again, credit to Rakeem Cornell because Andrew, you know very well, when he was first selected for the Leeward Island in the Caribbean T20 some mm. 10 years ago, everybody made fun of his side. Mm. Everybody said, this is ridiculous. That how could you have someone mm. like that than playing for a regional team. But he has proven himself to be a leading wicket-taker in our regional first-class game as an off-spinner. Mm. The issue is, of course, his general lack of mobility. Otherwise, he's got a safe pair of hands that slip, and it is a give-and-take. It's, it's whether or not the Western selectors are satisfied that it's enough of a trade-off mm. to have someone lack that level of mobility who can't run free when it goes to deep, deep, the deep mid-wicket uh, with, with his batting partner. Mm. Uh, to uh, who can contribute significantly enough with the ball and is good enough in the field that it can, it's considered a better trade-off than having someone else in the team, maybe a very family from all or somebody. And at the moment, the selectors have decided, yes, that they will continue to go with him. But once he's in the team, you're going to continue to have this situation mm. where you have others chasing after the ball for him and not able to run two or three in certain circumstances. Is that acceptable? For international test cricket at, 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 at the highest level, mm-hmm. uh, well, and that that's a question that has to be answered by the selectors. Mm. I got one coming to, to you, Fazi. Ask Fazi as a Trinidadian if he retains Pollard as captain. So asking me as a Trinidadian assumes that I'm automatically biased in favour of Karen Pollard as a Trinidadian. <laughs> I'm just reading the text. Isn't it? No, 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 no. I know you are. No, no, no. I know you are. I'm reading. Show. Right. And I said that other things happening, I couldn't appear. Right. I lied. 
because I was just simply tired of saying the same things over and over again because nothing is wrong with having a conversation about the game. But invariably, mm. it comes down to territorial loyalty and mm. insularity. And we get nowhere. In five years' time, we might be having the same discussion. Johnny might still be here, CEO, and we might be having the same discussion. Mm. In ten, yeah. Whatever. We mm. just seem to be going around in a cycle. Yeah. So I just yeah. thought, look, I, I, I'm tired of this. But Cameron may be back as president. You never know. You yeah, never I, know. I would, <laughs> uh, but, but the point is, is our, is our cricket moving anywhere? A bit because we've had these discussions many times before. Yes. We had Joe getting several test matches in 1948 and 1954. Here we are again talking about a farewell match to Chris Gale. Mm. So are we really the answer the question about Karen Pollard? Whether Karen Pollard is a trainee or not, mm. if this determines that he is the best person to take the team forward mm-hmm. and he deserves his place in the team, if they determine that he cannot and that there's a better option in Nicholas Puran or, or somebody else, then he should be replaced. The fact of the matter is that going into that World T20, there were a lot of issues raised. There were a lot of questions raised about the composition of the team. So it's not about being wise after mm. the fact. Mm. All issue of the, of the fitness and, and, and the, the medical protocols, which appear to be very selective, raised a lot of questions, and those were not satisfactorily answered. And we saw the evidence. We're talking about competitive sport. This is not a this is not a benevolent society. Mm. This is some some charitable cause, cricket West Indies. It's about elite level performance. And if we're gonna if we're gonna judge on the basis of elite level performance, and that does not include Karen Pollard, so be it. But but again, there has to be a, a, a process with transparency and accountability. And and again, that that issue with the T Twenty World Cup. All of these issues that, that came to the fore were highlighted long before the, the, the tournament itself was played. So again, it's not a question of making noise after the fact. And is Cricket West Indies, via the selection panel, and one, one would hope that whether it's Johnny or, or, or Ricky Skerritt or, or Kishore Shalo, they, they have no influence over telling the selectors what to do, because we've had that before. The fact of the matter is that if we have a, a process that is transparent, that, that, you, that you can see the process in which things are done, then people will have better faith in it. There will always be polarization. There will always be insularity in Western cricket. People will always see agendas somewhere. But if you're transparent and accountable, you, mm. you go, you're in eliminating some of that. And I think what we saw in that selection for the World T20 just made things even worse. Mm. Interesting. Um, as we come to the, to, to the end of the program, let's come back to you, Ian. What are your recommendations? I mean, you've just had um, the, the World Cup, T20 World Cup, the side looked look bad, you know, Caribbean Paralyze, you know, I mean, they were, they were, they were bad, very bad. Um, you got a World Cup just around the corner, the first class season, according to Johnny, is going to be starting in February. You've got um, Ireland coming um, pretty soon. The English are going to be here pretty soon. Um, what are your recommendations to improve our cricket going forward? And you, one of the first things we got to assess is the impact of COVID right. to our game. Um, and I think that is very much understated. And I don't think I don't know if we're talking enough about it. Mm. Um, we had some challenges at our school level, like feet here, particularly in Barbados. And if you saw in Barbados, I believe it extends throughout the Caribbean. Um, where, for example, game. Games teachers can't get pitches prepared. Um, there's not proper netting mm. for our young young people to to, to play. Um, our our club system is is running down. Clubs are struggling. 
can't, can't get membership, there's no discipline in clubs. So these systemic challenges are flowing right through our system. And this is why with participation down, with numbers down, it dilutes the quality and lack of quality means that there's not enough competition for players. I, I remember, and you remember this, mm -hmm. I'm sure Philo does, when, when, when I started and when Philo was young in his career, we had someone like Roland Holden and Keith Alton having to score 500 runs to fight over one play. Mm. You know, no, no, we can't get no, one person to, to contribute to that level. And that is a systemic problem that, that we have. You got to ask the University of the West Indies, who says that they are supposed to be a, a unifying light in the region? What studies are you doing? How are you working along with, with the, the territorial boards to put systems in place that we can see productivity and a reward productivity. The entire ethos of our cricket has to change. I like what Philo said, it, it is a business. And it is a business, ego cannot be the, the ultimate reward in making decisions. And so me as a former cricketer, still a fan of the game, I wanted to see us address the systemic things in our, in our grassroots to produce more cricketers and it will encourage the people of the Caribbean to get back on, on, on board and with the people of the Caribbean back on our board that is one of our biggest strengths because so many great cricketers were developed on, on, on the back of, of strong cricketing communities. Mm -hmm. Doc? Well I think uh, as a scientist and as a doctor I think in any problem-solving uh, situation, you have to assess your weaknesses and your difficulties and come up with ways to solve them. But of course, you need to institute those changes and solutions. So that's why uh, corporate governance is so important and the need to get rid of the inertia that surrounds cricket, not only at Cricket West Indies level, but uh, at the board levels. But certainly, all of these boards have their part to play because the a chain is as strong as its weakest link. And there are too many boards who, if we look at it, do not produce quality cricketers for us to choose from. But there's, there's so many issues that we mentioned. I mean, Fazer mentioned an obvious flaw in fitness and, and, and medical uh, decision-making within, within the structure. Uh, we've looked at decision-making within selection we, we've looked at a lack of communication uh, and the use of rhetoric rather than looking at weaknesses and speaking truthfully. So I think the important thing is looking at the problems and then instituting the solutions and then seeing if they work. And there must be accountability. Uh, in a, any professional or semi-professional sport, uh, individuals that are charged with, with uh, functions, if they give up their best and, and they're found wanting, I think they should be strong enough and able to say, I've tried my best, I'm not doing well, and I should withdraw, they should be withdrawn. So all of those things are important if we are to go forward. Mm -hmm. Jody, how do you feel, though? You've been in the job for just about four years now. Um, you come on this program. We want to thank you for coming to this program. Are, are you frustrated that, I mean, we're still really at the bottom? Are you frustrated, Johnny? I'd, I'd like us to be at the top. Um, but no, I echo what Ian Bradshaw and others have said. You know, um, um, you know, the questions that we're asking aren't the questions that, much as I respect him, Philo is asking. Mm. Um, it's not why players aren't sweeping in 
Sri Lanka. I mean, these are the same team that uh, performed well in similar conditions in Bangladesh and won a test series. Um, <clears throat> we're asking, you know, we need players at under 15 level. We need players at under 16 level that can mm-hmm. play spin, sweep. Um, that's mm-hmm. where you learn the game. And, and really, at the, at the top level, you shouldn't have batting coaches or bowling coaches you know, teaching players new skills. They need to always be working clearly on their games but, and adapting. But it's right at the, the, the youth level, how are we coaching players? What facilities do they have? How are we teaching and, and providing that expertise so that players, when they come up to not even international level, but under 19s and, mm. uh, and, and the franchise system, that they've already got uh, the skills and experience uh, to cope and, and that we're just refining them and, and, and giving them that confidence to go to the next level. So mm. um, I echo what Ian says, the problems that I see in West Indies cricket is still on the field about making sure that we've got the systems in place right at that youth level under 14, under 15 to develop the talent. Uh, and clearly, in order to get the best athletes at under 13 and under 14, we need that participation level in primary school to be as wide as possible because that's where we want to hook our young people into the sport, um, get them interested in cricket, getting them wanting to play cricket, get them enjoying cricket, and then the best players coming through a system mm-hmm. um, that's as robust and, uh, and comprehensive as any system in the world. And that hopefully mm. will mean that we're producing better talented cricketers and, and getting better results. But it's, it's going to take everyone, as I continue to say, across the region at all levels uh, to unite, to come behind that, uh, spend more of our time discussing and ba- debating and being honest about the system that we have and how we can improve it, not about who's been picked from which country and whether we should sack this person today and re-employ this person tomorrow. Let's actually have an honest appraisal of the system of West Indies cricket mm-hmm. and how we can all collectively work positively um, to improve it. Um, mm-hmm. Not just in the men's game, but the women's game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, you know, cricket is mm-hmm. part of the character. And it's not just about the elite as well. We want mm-hmm. a vibrant club system and school mm-hmm. system of cricketers who will never play in the maroon shirt, but will enjoy and love the game. Mm. All right. Well, thanks to you, Johnny. We need to continue to professionalise every level, mm. um, uh, both at CWI and also at territorial board level. And, mm. and finally, Andrew, I implore you to, to do your homework in Barbados cricket as much as you are in West Indies, so that when mm. callers say, why isn't Primus and, and I am young in, in the Barbados setup, you can answer them. So I just... Just leave you with that food for thought about your homework, both at, at the regional level with West Indies, but also don't forget your, your own home. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough, Johnny. That's sound, sound advice. <laughs> you got one in there. Last week, it was Dr. Shallow punching uh, Dr. Ford, and this week, it's uh, my good friend, Johnny Gray, punching Andrew Mason. I want to thank you, Fazir. I, I really wanted to get you in, but uh, the producer is saying time is up. Thanks you, Dr. Ford. Uh, thanks to you, Johnny Grave. Always good to see you. Philo Wallace is going to fire a lot of people. Um, Ian Bertrand was slightly on the fence, but he came down a little bit back on the fence. And Fazir Mohammed is saying he will not pick Mr. Pollard. Amanda Mason, it's open for a bye tomorrow. Yes, good night. Yes, and there you have it. End of another wonderful show, Mason and Guess. Talk.
kidding. Yeah. You're on the radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.